Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Um, about a month ago, my wife and I moved from a trailer, 23-foot trailer, into an unfinished home, 1,200 square feet, in, uh, in the Perry Sound area. It's unfinished, but listen, we had hot water. And uh, we call it our second last resort. <laughs> Next one we're hoping will be our last resort. You know where that is, right? <laughs> anyway, after almost two years of living in a trailer, you know, COVID, we were planning and visiting family with the trailer. Anyway, we 11 months wait for windows and other building materials. Um, we, we were plugged in. Uh, thank God we finally got electricity on the property. It's a rural property, and uh, so we finally got uh, a wire that looks, looks like that and uh, plugged in, and it was working well for quite a while, and then one day, it just, there were some electrical problems and short-circuiting and things like that going on, and I went up to check, and uh, I, I could smell it before I could see it. Um, I went out, and uh, here's, here's, here's the actual wire, if I can just get it out with the help of the Love Army bag here. Yeah, do you see, there's a, yeah, boy, that looks worse than that. You got a bigger picture of it there. Uh, so I, you know, went into semi-panic, <laughs> much as I do, and uh, called the electrician and uh, and uh, he was trying to find out what was going on. Do you know what I found out? I found it was rather common. He'd seen lots of it. And one wire was affecting the other wire. And uh, it, was, it was just, you know, damaging all kinds of things just because of, of what was going on. And he, he said, you know, it could be all kinds of different causes. He said it could be that it wasn't plugged in the whole way. It could be that something that it was not designed for, like moisture, got in there. It could have been a manufacturing defect. But anyway, we're in a series called Rewired. And I thought, you know, if this is going to happen, I'm going to make an illustration out of this. <laughs> Pastor Jonathan has talked about excellent teachings on being rewired physically, rewired emotionally. Pastor Jessica is at the Young Adults Retreat speaking to them and she talked about being rewired relationally last weekend. I want to talk about being rewired mentally. And have you ever noticed how when one wire gets damaged, the physical part gets damaged, it affects how you think, it affects your mental, it affects your emotionally, it affects your relationships. And uh, mental health is more common than what we think. And it causes, its causes can be confusing because it can be a life event that happens that triggers something. It could be that something got into our minds that it was not designed for. 
It can be, genetics can be a factor. There are all kinds of reasons, but, but last week I did a check on mental health stats for Canada, and listen to this, in any given year, one in five Canadians have a mental illness. By the time you're 40, it's one in two. And we're not just talking about here, but oh, I feel down. I, I just feel, you know, down, dooby-doo-doo, down. It's not just that. It's, it's depression and anxiety. They're the two big ones, depression and anxiety. And what got me is that the age group that is most likely to experience mental illness, especially anxiety and depression, guess what? Ages 15 to 24. Now, thank God we've learned a lot about mental illness so that there's less of a stigma so that people can get more help than they used to. But there still is a stigma. Cam H, right here in Toronto, reports that people are three times less likely to disclose that they have a mental illness than if they had cancer. And yet, the brain is a physical organ. Just like you have lungs, a liver, and a heart, and, and, and how many know, like, if someone has problems with liver, lungs, and heart, you, you pray for them, you care for them. You're so thankful for what doctors can do medically for them. But sometimes the brain, it just needs some medical help. There's a chemical imbalance there that needs to be balanced out. And just like sometimes all we need to do to get a healthier heart is some medication and lifestyle changes. It's the same with the mind, same with the brain. Uh, we have, um, there's five children in my family. One is with the Lord, and, uh, but there's never been any doubt amongst us five kids who the smartest one was. It was my older sister, academically and uh, successful vocationally. She was senior vice president with Canada's largest bank. I mean, kind, beautiful, generous person. And I'll never forget, it was a surprising day when she pulled me aside. She said, you know, Keith, I'm off work now. And she explained to me that for years she struggled with clinical depression. I'm so thankful for the medical help that she was able to get and is getting to just help her, help her mentally. You see, some of you in this room and, and online, you've, you've chosen vocations that put you on the front lines of helping people with mental illness. So thankful for you what you're doing for people. But all of us can help people get help for mental illness. All of us can have healthier minds. This Rewire series is focused on healthy habits. Now, what, is, what does Jesus in the Bible say about having habits that help us rewire mentally? Well, before we have communion together, uh, let, let me share with you three powerful habits. They could be life-changing for every one of us. Uh, whether you're online or replay or in this room in Toronto, uh, listen, a few minutes now, you can leave here just saying, I can be healthier mentally than I've ever been. Here's the first one. Constantly make sure your mind is plugged into thoughts it's wired for. There are thoughts that your mind is not wired for. One thing I did not ask my electrician when I had that you know, wire burn. One thing I did not ask my electrician, should I just plug the, should I just plug the damaged wire back in? <laughs> I mean, it's the one I'm familiar with. It's the only one I've ever used. I'm sort of used to it being plugged in. 
have you ever heard someone state the obvious that if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll just keep getting the same results you've always been getting? That's why it's called a rewire series. Some thoughts are so familiar, we just automatically, by default, we plug right back into the anxiety, the depression, we, do, we just go there. Uh, Psychology Today published an article claiming the average person spends one hour, get this now, this is per day, one hour and 50 minutes a day worrying. What are the top worries? Money, health, the future of the world, and what people think of me. And the big one, what am I going to wear today? (laughs) I don't know. That's 12 hours and 53 minutes a week people worry. You know, and so if you live as old as me, if you're 59-ish, it's, that's, that's five years of your, listen, that's five years of my life. And, and, and millennials, you know what millennials' biggest worry is these days? Finances. Jesus on this very topic says this, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Look at the birds. Your heavenly father feeds them. And then he says this, Jesus is talking. Now he says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You know, statistically, we'll come back and address what Jesus backs up what he's saying there. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Thanks, Lord. (laughs) Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, when I talk to people with mental illness and I'm coaching them through a tough time, so many times they say, you know, I'll just... I'm just going to get through today. Just going to get through today. One hour, one moment at a time. Jesus is sort of saying that. I'll give you grace. You'll get through today. And I'll get you through tomorrow. Studies show that 92% of what we worry about doesn't even happen. Now, 2% will kill you, but let's just leave that out. 92% of what we worry about doesn't even happen. Only 8% of what we worry about actually happens. And they go on to say, and if you worry about it, it makes it more likely it's going to happen. So if you worry, you've got something to worry about. (laughs) No wonder Jesus teaches us, unplug, unplug thoughts of worry and anxiety Take no anxious thought, he says. Do not worry. He says it's not adding to your life. It's actually wasting, if you're my age, five years of your life or more. He says unplug them. What do you plug them into? Did you notice here? Into thoughts of God's care. Think of how he cares for flowers, how he cares for birds. Someone defined worry as practical atheism because it's living as if you don't actually have a heavenly father. Now, to be honest, Esther and I, and I tell her this, I don't know how, it has to be at least once a week when we have our evening prayer times. I say, you know, I have such a hard time with all that's going on with my kids and grandkids and then church family that are going through tough times that I'm praying for and then... And then, you know, Africa and Latin America, just politically and corruption and, and, and what's going on in, in the Ukraine and so many parts of the world. 
where they just don't have food, they don't have housing, and they don't know whether they're going to live tomorrow because of war. I said, I have such a hard time after I pray for all these people saying, and Lord, help our windows arrive, please. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, it just seems so, in comparison, all these big issues that people in the world are dealing with. And, and, and then now I'm praying, Lord, help the trailer sell so I can pay for those windows. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just like, but, but Jesus is saying here, that God wants to be helping even a bird and is caring for a flower. And then he says, and aren't you so much more valuable to God than birds and flowers? I mean, if he's got the time to attend every sparrow's funeral, he certainly has time to, to listen to what's going on in your life and help you. But, but we think others need God's help more than we do. And there's only so much power to go around, right? Right? Wrong. Thank you. Wrong. <laughs> you know, but all the injustices and fighting and food insecurities in the world, and, and, and he still cares. He cares for every detail of your life. Listen, God, because he is God, he's unlimited, he's almighty, can give you his full attention as if you were the only one on the planet that he had to care for. He's God. I mean, have you, have you looked through a telescope recently? Did you see what he made? <laughs> He's got all those billions of stars by name. He's got no problem. He's not like me. He doesn't struggle to remember names. He knows your name. He knows, he knows everything. And Paul says, Paul jumps in on this. He says, pray about everything. Just because God's caring for the big things in the world doesn't mean that he doesn't have enough care to take care of all the small things in your world. The best way to unplug worry and anxiety is to plug into the truth about how much God cares for you. All right, there's a second example Jesus tells us where to unplug. When, when you know, watch this now. You can help me out with this, even upstairs, even online. When someone hurts you, what's, your, what's the automatic human nature reaction? You hurt me, I hurt you back. And then what do you have? Double the hurt. And then what happens? You start to resent and the hurt grows. You don't forgive. And then what happens? The writer of Hebrews says that unforgiveness grows up and it defiles many. It defiles all kinds of people. Wow. Unforgiveness never stays small. It always, if left unattended, it just, it just it grows like a weed. And, uh, if it's not unplugged properly, it just, it, just, it just grows. Notice what Jesus says to plug into. He says, unplug your thoughts of being offended. He says, when we pray, pray and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Some of you have heard me talk about spiritual cholesterol, right? That when we don't forgive, we clog up the very channels that are designed for Jesus' forgiveness to flow into us. If we don't forgive, we're, we're not able to forgive others. And, and if we don't forgive others, we're not able to receive the forgiveness that Jesus wants us to receive. You say, yeah, but if I forgive them, they don't deserve forgiveness. Yeah, and you do? You do? I'll say it kind then. You do? It's 
grace, right? It's grace for every one of us. However good we are, however good we are at things, we still mess up. It's all grace. Grace is giving what people don't deserve. It's what Jesus gives you. How many are thankful he gives you grace when you don't deserve it? When you forgive someone, that, that, listen, here's where people get hung up. I, I need to at least insert this. This isn't gonna be a whole treatment of forgiveness. But listen, forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't hold the person accountable. You just let them off the hook. It doesn't mean that. Forgiveness can hold someone accountable, but it means you have a clean heart towards them when you do. You're not, you're not wanting bad, you're not wanting evil for them. I'm serious now. I have seen people drastically improve their mental health when they began to forgive someone. You know, because sometimes there's big evil things have happened by someone in their life, injustices and abuse and things. We're talking about the heavy ones. But when they get to a place they forgive, <laughs> they experience something new of God, they, get, they themselves get a whole new lease on life and they're healthier mentally, emotionally, their relationships, even physically. You know, when you forgive someone and you're relieved of that, even physically you get healthier. Now, the third example is damaging thoughts. How, how many have learned, how many have found this out, that if you dwell on negative thoughts about yourself or about someone else, it's a downward spiral? It's just, it's, it's a dead, it's a de literally a dead end. A critical attitude, judgmental thoughts, even self-pity can spiral you down. Self-pity is damaging. I remember, I remember, I, I spoke, remember when we had the three weekend services and I also spoke on a Sunday night service and, and I was spent. I was emotionally just, just not, I felt cruddy. Is, am I allowed to say that word? I, well, that's how I felt. <laughs> I, and it was Monday and after these four weekend services, my mind kept going over, you should have done that different, you should have done that better. And then I started to do self-pity. You know, at that, I remember, never forget that day, it was years ago, I'll never forget the day, I was down at the Eaton Center actually, and I walked out of a store and there was this, there was, I heard tick, 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 look, looked over and there was this man that was, he was just, he was blind. And he had a cane and he had that vulnerability on his face, attentiveness, but also just a little smile. I thought, Jesus, forgive me. I can see. If you're ever feeling sorry for yourself, ever dealing with self-pity, take a walk through the cancer ward of Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. You know, if, if, notice those in the world that have it so much worse off than you. You know, uh, last January... In other words, in other words what, what the Apostle Paul says, he says, unplug from those thoughts of self and plug into what thoughts? My, thoughts your mind flourishes on. Listen, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Last January, I, I shared with you Something that I do, you remember Jesus said the most important command in all of the Bible is the one that was given in the Old Testament, the Shema, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I pray that every day. I think that's probably the best mental health exercise that I ever do. Or every day, every day. As a matter of fact, many times a day. I'll just, it, it just as I breathe, I'll just say, Lord, I love you with all my heart. So I set my feelings by being grateful for so much good today. I love you with all my soul. So I sacrifice to live today like it matters forever. I love you with all my mind. So I choose to think of what will bring the best out of every person and situation I encounter today. And I love you, Lord, with all my strength. So I put my energies into actions and words that love people the way that you love me. It's amazing how that just, you pray that Every day in your day, it just is amazing what it does to get your thoughts going in the right direction. No wonder Jesus said that's the most important command that you and I can follow, to love the Lord, our God, with all that we have. All right. I'll never... Um, all right, let, let, let's move on. Watch this. Here's, here's what else we can do. I said there are three things. Here's the second one. Have a healthier body for your brain to connect to. In, in the first teaching, Pastor Jonathan quoted from the Apostle John, what the Apostle John wrote to a friend. He says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Did you ever read in the old part of the Bible, the old covenant about King David and how when he, um, he, he really reveals the interconnectivity between his body and his mind. After adultery, remember he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he tried to cover it up. He writes about it later. He says, when I concealed my sin, he says, I couldn't sleep and there was pain in my bones. Do you see the connectivity between, you know, what he was doing wrong and mental anguish he was in and the way it affected his body? His son Solomon later wrote, a peaceful heart leads to a... Healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. You ever read about Elijah's depression? Talk about a case of anxiety and depression. Uh, understandably, Elijah has just expended a huge amount of energy. But he got so low, he was actually suicidal. You know what God's prescription was? With Elijah that low? A nap and a snack and get outside yourself. Really, a nap and a snack and get outside yourself. God provided food and rest, and then he took them outside in nature. You know what they call it now? Forest bathing. Anyway. <laughs> some little kid, Mom, I don't need a bath. I just had one in the forest. Anyway. <laughs> last week uh, was a, 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 what an opportunity that Esther and I had to listen to the teaching of uh, doctors uh, Gordon and Annie Coe of our church family. It's on YouTube now. We, we were away, and so we were able to catch it this past week. And oh my goodness, they've got all the most recent statistics to back about how what we eat affects our mental health. Just amazing. And these aren't like little anecdotal fringe attention-getting studies. These, these, are, these are mainstream studies. And... and, and Listen, I'm eating less sugar, Esther. I don't care what you bake. <laughs> well, okay. Don't stop making that lemon meringue pie, though. Okay. 
And, and listen, there are things that if we do not even, they, they, they cut anxiety and, and even cancer and depression and even dementia, if we eat less sugar. All, all those good things happen. It's just amazing. Elijah got to a place where he had a healthier body for his brain to be connected to, and God was able to get him back in relationship with people. It's just amazing. Community is so important, isn't it? How many, have you ever noticed that when we're left alone with our thoughts, they can go, what did I say earlier, down, dooby-doo-doo, down? You know, I wonder what they're thinking of me. They're probably thinking that. And they're thinking, oh, goodness, and if I wear this, what are they going to think? And, oh, you know, and if I go to work, I, they're, oh, they're probably talking about me. We can almost get paranoid. You know, no wonder we get into worry and mental anguish. I'll never forget this lady that was speaking at our church years ago. She said, we wouldn't worry so much about what other people think about us if we knew how seldom they did. And laughter. How many have found laughter is a great medicine? Sometimes I think I help my sister with her mental health, just getting together and just <laughs> laughing about some of the silly things that happen in life since we were together last. It just seems to put things in perspective. Laughter will trigger healthy physical and emotional changes in your body. One of the best health improvements that anyone of us could ever do is say, how can I help somebody else? How can I help somebody else? Okay, I, I want to say this somewhere. I can't tell you how much I hate, and I know you hate too, the one that Jesus said comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that can get into a person's headspace and just get them thinking thoughts, oh, your, your, your life is not worth living. No one cares, you know, you're not valuable, you're rejectable. What I hate about that evil one that plants those thoughts in our heads is he's such a vulture. Because Jesus says you're his treasure and you're so valuable to him that he gave his life for you. And he loves you. Next Sunday, we're gonna be in a series on authenticity and the first two teachings are gonna be about something that's very difficult to do in our world with all the fake news and, you, and, and convincing deceptions of AI. You just wonder what is true or not. Listen, I want to tell you someone today who you can trust because he not only knows everything, he loves you so much, he gave his life for you. You can trust everything Jesus has to say about you and your mind. He wants the best for you. All right. Third, what else can we do that just every one of us can do it tremendously help our mental health? Every one of us. Wire up exterior lights and turn them on. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, a lot of the teaching so far has been what can we do to help ourselves with mental health? One of the biggest ways you can help yourself mentally is to help others. The Mental Health Foundation and their website say this, helping others can also benefit our own mental health and well-being. For example, it can reduce stress as well as improve mood, self-esteem, and happiness. You know, this love army that we've been doing, all these acts of goodness, unignorable good in our city, do you know what we've been doing? Helping others, totally. And you know what? 
as a result of helping others, guess what's been happening to us? We've been improving our mental health. Do you see it? I'll never forget hearing a psychiatrist say that he often gave his patients a prescription, not just drugs, but he'd say volunteer out of charity. Volunteer to charity. Volunteering with our gifts, you know, whether it's a food bank or, you know, um, helping out around here, uh, helping out in our community. You know what it does? It, it, it increases our personal mental health. All right, so we're going we're gonna to get ready for communion now. But, but how many you can leave here with something to unplug from and plug into? Everybody? Our thoughts can be different from this day forward. You know, how many, are, you could do things that give you a healthier body, which is going to give you a healthier brain. <laughs> how many, you can, you can wire up some exterior lights and turn the lights on. You can, you can live for helping others as well as for yourself. Can I just talk for a few moments to those of you who maybe didn't even feel you could get to church today physically? And you wanted to, but some of you in this room in Toronto, you, 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 you got here, but you're not going through a good time mentally. I, I love the way that Jesus treated people with mental health issues. Listen to Matthew 8. That evening, a lot of demon-afflicted people were brought to him. He relieved the inwardly tormented, and he cured the bodily ill. We, we love it when Jesus heals someone physically, right? But how many are thankful he also provides healing for our minds? He healed the inwardly tormented. I want to talk to, directly to some of you that deal with mental illness. I, I know that some days are worse than others. And it can be quite a struggle to even do some of the basic things in life. And all of us have tasted enough of down days that we know we taste a little bit of what you go through quite, quite a lot at a much deeper level. You know, I had a funeral yesterday. I have another funeral tomorrow. And quite rightfully, we celebrate the fact that this person's going to have a new body. Isn't that great? Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we, we celebrate that, understandably. But, but how many understand that, that he's also going to give us new... This brain will be completely healed. We're going to have a new mind. As a matter of fact, when you look into the future, you can see your mind by looking into the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and it says this, God's home is now among his people. Can you imagine what that world will be like when God dwells with us? He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Then he goes on. What does he focus on? He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There's emotional pain there. And there will be no more death or sorrow has to do with regret in the past and stuff we carry, crying or pain. It's in the context of emotional and mental pain here. All these things are gone forever. Someone should say hallelujah. <laughs> gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. New heaven, new earth, new body, new mind. Everything new. Do you see it? No more mental health issues. They're gone forever. All because Jesus went to the cross. 
all because Jesus went to the cross, by coming into our mental brokenness. And Jesus did not get it easy. How many know the mental anguish that Jesus went through because of his physical suffering, the pain he was in, being separated from his father who he'd been so close to from all of eternity? Can you imagine the anguish? My God, why have you forsaken me? He cried out from the cross. He's in such mental anguish. Listen, he, he didn't, he didn't uh, stay cozy and f- free from brokenness in heaven. How many understand he came into our brokenness? Came into our brokenness. Can, can you take those uh, communion emblems that you received on the way in and, and right now just separate the top so that you can uh, just hold, hold, the, hold the cracker in your hand if you're, if you're at home and you're joining us. Pastor Matt mentioned earlier just to give you a heads up to get a cracker, some juice or water. It's what it represents that's what's important here. <laughs> Jesus knew what he was in for. He gathers his disciples. It's called the Last Supper. And he wants them to do something in the future that would help them remember back to how much he loved them. What he was, the brokenness he was willing to go into for them. So he took bread and he broke it. Go ahead, just break that wafer that you have broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken. Listen to the next words. For you, for you, for you. You are going through a mental struggle right now. I want you to know God is on your side. He's for you. He's for you. He understands the mental anguish. There's a future, just like we're going to be free from physical sickness, we're going to be free from mental sickness. But do know, he wanted you to remember this. The reason he gave his life for you on the cross, the reason why he went into your worst mental brokenness is because he's for you and he wants you free from it. Oh, that in itself can just free us to a greater degree of mental health in this room today and online. Well, let's receive the bread together. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for not being embarrassed by our brokenness. We receive wholeness as we receive this bread today. And just uh, prepare the cup there. Jesus said, this, this cup, he told his first followers, is the new covenant in my blood. You're gonna have, you're gonna have all the forgiveness that you need. I'm gonna give my life. Lay it down for you. My forgiveness, I freely give you. You know, that there are people online and in this room in Toronto who could just decide, I'm going to go in the direction of forgiving someone that hurt me. I'm going to forgive as Jesus forgave me. I mean, if he forgave me and there's no shortage on forgiveness, then I have more than enough forgiveness to forgive others. I'm going to give others the same grace that Jesus gives me. And do you know what will happen? Only good. You'll be freer. Be greater mental health. You'll have a better future. And you'll please Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we, we forgive, even as you have forgiven us. Thank you for providing more than enough cleansing, more than enough grace, to take away all of our sins. How many can say thank you, Jesus? Let's receive of the cup together. 
So Lord, may this be a moment of freedom for, for many as we come to the end of this series where we have been rewired in so many ways. I pray you'd free people in this moment, Lord, as they decide to plug into your thoughts about them, as they decide to serve and get involved and help others, to decide to forgive. Lord, may our minds be renewed. We receive the freedom that you died to bring us <laughs> and we look forward to a future a full freedom and healing from all physical, mental, emotional, relational issues and illnesses when we are forever in your presence. Amen and amen, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.